Are you doing anything specific to honor the heroes that are keeping America running right now? I'm not drinking enough Dunkin' Donuts coffee, if that's what you're asking. It's kind of what I was alluding to. You know, I'm not going to pay him a living wage or any of that kind of stuff, but clap for him. So we have much to discuss. So I, my, my beat on this show has generally been about branding and advertising. So we're, we're going to push pretty hard into that. So I'm going to send you a link and we're not going to update launch bar right now. Thank you, computer. Um, so this will be in uh, the Slack DM channel. Uh, Chipotle, America's premier provider of E. coli or whatever <laughs> their whole thing was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I um, that phrase zero fucks given. That's that's going to be today. I, although you know what, not to forgive them, but I I do miss when that was the biggest virus, the biggest story the biggest we had to public worry health about. safety episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do I do miss those days. But anyway, mm-hmm. continue. But they have but they have queso now. <laughs> okay, so oh boy. All right. Chipotle, so chipotle.com slash the number four heroes. Your burrito gives back plus free delivery. So if you order a Chipotle through one of, uh, through uh, digital as part of Chipotle's omnichannel retail solution, you can name your burrito the number four heroes, and then they will donate one to a healthcare hero. Your burrito gives back to the healthcare heroes on the front line. And this goes hand in hand with something that you're going to put in the show notes, which was a really great, um, I don't know who Microsoft Sam is. I assume this is maybe an offshoot of weird Twitter, but that's the uh, YouTube user that put this up here. And I don't think it was a re-upload, but basically it's a three minute and 40 second. Um, do you know what a supercut is? I'm, I'm familiar. Yes. So it's a supercut of every ad that has been hastily like these are the true heroes, the the people sitting, <laughs> the fucking interns at uh, uh, some branding agency at fucking Pentagram or whatever, that are in Final Cut Pro slaving away reusing uh, old stock footage uh, of with the jaunty piano music, um, and just like empty hollow shots of either the Heartland. Again, we take issue with that. Uh, phrase on the show or city streets or generic multiracial families in america and basically just showing just having a bunch of um a beat piano music and platitudes about how uh even when we can stand closer than six feet apart we're going to be america again and insert brand is going to help you with that whether it be at&t dunkin donuts uber um oh it was a facebook Fa- facebook has been their ad budget has been insane the past three weeks of um this whole thing on, on tv where they are just spending so much money to communicate the message that facebook is a place for people and not um election interference and disinformation <laughs> so this video is amazing and people should go watch it because it's worth it because you think you like at the beginning you probably think oh, I, okay i get the point but then they really give you the point that's pretty good yeah, I cannot stress enough how much people should watch this video, but watch the whole video uh, uh, all the way through the end. The, I mean, spoilers here, but the the speeding up music at the end was just that that was a chef's kiss. Love that. Mm-hmm. And I do the, appreciate um, how Amer- Mastercard wants us to be apart but united. That was good. Which which seems like probably a slogan united would have wanted but i also i also really enjoyed the part where everybody insisted on uh telling you about how long they had been around um (laughs) none of which 
goes back to say something like 1918, which would be sort of like the closest analogy we have to something like this. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not sure how going back 70 years really helps with our current situation. Well, it just means they're there <laughs> for, um, for you. Mm -hmm. You still haven't watched Succession, right? Uh, it's it's on it's on the list. It, can I can I tell you a little just a little sidebar, the little like um, the parenting kind of um, observation I've had. Sure. So you know the lady friend and I will we'll throw an episode like our 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 normal kind of routine is like in the early evening, especially like when we're eating dinner or something. We'll just kind of we'll throw a show on in the background that we're not you know super interested in, like a like an episode of Chopped or something. And I'm not I'm not you know. I'm not putting chopped down. I'm just, you know, it's not a for all mankind, let's say. It with last night or the night before, it took us a little under 3 hours to watch to watch an episode of Chopped. Because of like network latency or what do you, or because um you have another human in the house. Correct, the latter. Um so yeah, so the, the, it's it's my way of saying that um there's a TV backlog. We'll we'll, we'll get to it someday. Um. Yeah, maybe that'll be the next big feature that Marco introduces, which is um like automatic fifteen second skipping when it detects a baby crying. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, so this video is amazing. Um. Uh, it's just yeah, the insincerity of of just generic brand advertising of somehow trying to make it about them. It's just I get it, and and the the ones that I hate the most are just honestly the Uber and the Facebook ones and the Google ones. Because they're just recycling viral videos that were online of people being nice to essential workers, which I think people should definitely be nice. But it's just it's it's a weird co-opting of what was maybe at one point a genuine moment and then is now part of Facebook's reimagining of its culture and people hope and people hope they forget that they're a rotten company. Well, and part of what's just sort of off-putting about some of these ads are the ones like you just sort of mentioned, like a Facebook where, you know, I'm not really sure exactly what role they're playing in the moment that we're in. Whereas like, you know, I'm I'm a little more open to like a, an ad from Target, let's say, who, you know, I, I think it's, it's kind of nice for them to remind people like, hey, we're open. We've got lots of different ways you can buy stuff from us. We have lots of stuff in stock. Um, you we'll know, to that. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm. Uh, what do they call that in the business, Carlos? Kind of teasing a future topic. Mm -hmm. No, that's just called generic brand advertising. Where like the whole point is that you're allegedly fostering, um, you're or fomenting some type of emotion in the customer's mind to build connections and long term relationships. It's kind of when like Coke just sponsors the New York Times. Like they're not advertising anything specifically. It's just that they want you to know that they're there. Was that Don Draper's idea? Yeah, I'm checking out of Facebook. <laughs> Not Facebook, Mad Men. Um, it's real, like he, he's just a bad person and not even in an interesting or complicated way. Like they just keep, I guess maybe this is exacerbated by watching it. And again, uh, uh, Mad Men is my chopped in that I, I don't have to give it any attention. Sure. And it was, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And I, and I assume uh, Chopped won a bunch of uh, Emmys as well. Um. He's. I'm watching it in like rapid succession, where I'm like up to like halfway through season four, and it's been like a week and a half just because it's been on in the background, and like it's just the same storyline over and over, where just he's just kind of a opportunistic womanizer, and Betty is just kind of this weird 
like she's written as a really dumb childish character which like january jones as an actress really sells but she's just not a very good character um it's just kind of a bummer it's just yeah that this show does not um live up on a rewatch hmm anyway so yeah um and this we will get to it with better call saul but the last bit of stuff on advertising is because better call saul it has been in its what i thought was its final season but is not i've been afraid of spoilers so i've been watching it night of which means i don't get the luxury of the tivo skip mode thing so i've been watching the ads even though i um i usually this is back before skip mode was a thing where you'd kind of like start watching a show like 15 minutes in where you'd have built up an ad buffer but i've just been too lazy because i'm an old person where i just watch the ads and it has just been this weird parade of uplifting piano music and uh, people telling you it's all going to be okay because um acme dynamite is going to save the world so you got an extra um big helping of ads too those last couple of episodes were pushing like 90 minutes right this whole season has been like even the shortest one has been like an hour and 15 but yeah no the um the last few have been like an hour and 30 yeah yeah they've been good we'll get to that been really good we will get to that um yeah okay what i think i had one other thing before we move into our main stuff um, oh and this is, this is a throwaway thing but you can um put this in as uh, maybe one of the less successful forms of co-opting a um tragedy which i don't know if you remember when this happened uh a franchise of a marriott hotel provided free mini muffins for a half hour in remembrance of 9-11 mm. moving on to fun. <clears throat> whenever there's like this is this is always one of those things where no matter what somebody does like even when subway did the thing where they buy two sub sandwiches and we'll give you a face mask which was a thing like a month ago this still stands as kind of the um all fame of uh the worst so, so there there, there's a there's obvious i mean there's a lot to unpack here because <laughs> this is totally the, made up in microsoft word by somebody and just shoved it in one of those little flyer holders there there is so much to unpack. I mean, including... You've never seen this before? No. Um, oh, I'm glad to be the first person to show it to you because it's fucked up. The, so 845 to 915? Yeah, that's super specific. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, gonna, I, we, I'm, I'm closing this tab. We can't, we can't go down that You know, I think that would have made it better is if they misspelled complimentary, but <laughs> they, at last they did not. Or if I would have liked it too, if the Marriott logo were maybe like a little more pixelated or something. To show that somebody had, you know, taken a corporate image and then tried to scale it to size. So again, this was to clarify: this was not a company-wide Marriott thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I Although on, on like the same website, they do right? have a thing where AT and T uh, had people never forget nine eleven with a sponsored image of their smartphone. Jesus. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, closing all these tabs. Can you guide us through follow up? Because I didn't open up the doc yet. Uh, yeah, I, I need to close that um, the YouTube video before I start watching that again. It's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Uh, I've only got two follow-up items this week. One is the uh, rollout of... I for, what, it has such a catchy name. I can't believe I, I'm not remembering this here. Tesla's stopping at traffic lights and stop signs feature, which... Mm-hmm. Um, evidently has um, expanded its rollout in the uh, early access program, which I know you enjoy so much, Carlos. So this art, this electric article, um, which has a little bit of a, a 
video demo of the feature and talks a little bit more about it uh, will be in the notes. But the part that um, is just sort of incredible is um, the warning that pops up when I guess you first turn this on, which ends with the following paragraph. This feature may be conservative and slow down often at first. Over time, as we learn from the fleet, the feature will control more naturally. Performance may be degraded in difficult environments with pedestrians, rain, direct sunlight, or when approaching traffic controls that are obstructed. Do you want to enable traffic light and stop sign control while it is in beta? Beta being in all caps, of course. <sighs> talk, talk about there being a lot to unpack. Well, so no, so it basically says it only works uh, when Carl's around. <laughs> so it can't be sunny, can't be raining, but if it's in between, it's cool. So I've I've actually so I I've seen this. So this um this exact type of warning pops up when you enable sort of any autopilot based feature for the first time. So even things like auto steer, which is what they call their lane centering system when you're on on a highway, when you turn that on, it pops up a a very similar type of warning um including calling out the fact that the features in quote beta um, and even when you go back into the autopilot menu and you look at the various features you have enabled auto steer continues to have the little parentheses beta next to it it's yeah it's not great yeah yeah this is this is like the warning message i get because the same thing happens like whenever I use the or try to use the like auto parking thing in my car, like it does like pop up a thing that I have not found a way to disable that says like this is entirely your fault. And if you if anything goes wrong, it's on you. Like and that makes sense, but again, like my main issue is that it's difficult to reconcile the grandiose promises of um the company and also its chief that um have promised basically that the the car's gonna drive itself and they've fostered a culture of people like you were the one who sent me a picture of somebody who had a t like a model three with a sticker on the back that said um uh, i'm probably not driving or i'm probably sitting in the back or something oh yeah like that's the part that bugs me where this is like honestly i, th I thought test i mean this seems like kind of a dangerous feature mostly because it just um, if you do nothing it just stops randomly but um or not randomly but i mean at if you just let a car coast like normal, like it would be, seems like it'd be safer. But where I honestly thought Tesla would probably release something that was half-assed self-driving that actually would have been worse. But this one's just so incredibly limited, but also not useful. I don't know. Yeah, it's the combination of it being dangerous and just not very useful. That's mm -hmm. hard to uh, hard to understand. <sighs> All right. Anyway, uh, moving on. Second second item of follow up: uh, the Magic Keyboard for iPad is out. Um, we had our first wave of, of uh, first wave of reviews drop. Was that yesterday? I guess Monday. Who mm -hmm. who's keeping track of days these days? Um, I don't know. I thought actually one of the most interesting things about the early reviews was it actually had nothing to do with the product itself, but who it was evidently sent to like um i'm i'm shocked that 
Gruber got one and Jason Snell didn't. That seems, and maybe, and maybe I'm like totally, totally reading through the lines on this, but I kind of got the impression from Jason on Upgrade that maybe he was kind of irritated by it because they kind of shoved that topic at the very end of the episode, whereas I would have thought it would have like basically led the episode. Um, and Jason alluded a couple of times to the fact that he didn't even really have any idea when he was going to get the one that he just, you know, paid for with his own money. Um, I mean, when I think of like people who have been advocating for a product like this, it's, you know, it's Federico and then it's probably Jason, like number two, really on that list. And so it's just, it's kind of bizarre to me. And I, I, I get like Gruber's, you know, popularity versus Jason's maybe, but, um, Still very surprising. I think it's much more about, yeah, just like total addressable audience versus like um, fervor and, and advocacy. But Jason, but Jason normally gets review products. Like it's not like it's not like he's not normally in kind of the reviewers loop like he normally is. So this seems like a this seems like the last product I would have expected him to all of a sudden be left out of. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like I get the politics of it and it's kind of interesting where like especially when the Mac Pro came out. Like you would think, and I know this is a very niche thing, but you would think like, hey, so I went to John Syracuse. Like, I mean, even though he's going to buy one, but they didn't send it to any of the traditional reviewers. They like only gave it to like popular YouTubers. So I think it's kind of like, I don't know. They've been experimenting with the way they seed review products. So, I mean, meh, I kind of get it. But I mean, yeah, it's out. It's expensive. One of the best ones, actually, this, this is maybe a mini chef special. The Verge's video reviews are always really, really, really good. Like, I don't really have the stomach to actually, like, read 2,000 words on a product anymore, but The Verge always manages to do a very well-produced 10-minute video with not that actually benefits by being a video. Uh, but yeah, Dieter Bone had one, and he, yeah, he mentioned that, yeah, it's it's pretty good. But he mentioned that, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty heavy. Like, it becomes generally heavier than the comparable-sized uh, MacBook Pro that you would kind of stack it up against that. And also there was kind of a curious um, suggestion that he said because whenever he uses it, he felt like it tied him more to a desk than anything else. So it made it much more like the utility was limited of it. Or if he was going to take it with him, he probably wouldn't take the keyboard along. I think that's an accurate characterization of the review, but it was, yeah, it's really good. So if you can find a link or actually I'll find it and you can drop it in the thing. It's but, or, um, or already in the notes. Look at you go. See that? That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that um, California follow through. That's right. Is that like is that like a California stop that Tesla's autopilot thing would make? Have you ever gotten a ticket for a California rolling stop? Uh, I have. Yes, I have too. Yeah, I, I've um, I've only gotten two two traffic tickets in my life. That was one, and the other was a totally bogus speeding ticket in in Utah, but. We don't need to talk about that. Well, the rules don't apply in Utah. <laughs> I mean, like that's the whole thing. If you're a Californian, it's just, it's it's like uh, you're a foreign dignitary. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, how how was it bogus? Were you or were you not speaking? <laughs> like the statute of limitations, let's lie and just say it's passed. I, I was in this. I was in an on ramp area where the speed limit was different than it was on the rest of the highway, but that was not made clear anywhere. So I was going highway speed but in a specific area where the speed limit for literally like on one mile stretch was 40 like 45 i think 
Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's weird like that in Oregon, too, where it's 50 for no reason for something. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, endangering lives. <sighs> um, okay. So, yeah, Magic Keyboard. Expensive. Kind of heavy. What else? I, the, I guess the only other interesting thing that I hadn't thought of uh, prior to it coming out was how the um, clicking on the trackpad works. Because obviously all the the MacBooks have gone towards this kind of haptic feedback touchpad, mm-hmm. which for all of the problems that keyboards have had over the years, like Apple's trackpads have gotten really, really, really good. And mm-hmm. do you you don't you don't agree? No, no. I, I there's been some some work stuff I've had to do recently where that I can't do through a remote connection, so I've had to use a newer work laptop that's been issued to me, and. Mac users do not remember how good they have it with uh, the abomination that are all PC trackpads. Oh, so your your point sh- is sure. Yeah, the HP Elite Book is not that elite. I will I will say That's my <laughs> hot take. Um, um, and I think you, you know you were right. People were in the very beginning a little skeptical of Apple's move towards the the haptic trackpad, but it was like you used it for two minutes and you're like, oh wow, this is incredible, and it it continues to be great. But the Magic Keyboard for iPad Pro, which is literally the product's name, has a physically clickable trackpad. And I guess by by most accounts, if people say it's 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 good, you know, it's it's clickable everywhere. It doesn't really have the uh, seesaw feel that a lot of PC trackpads have that have the ability to be clicked anywhere. So people say it 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 feels really good, but um I you know I wouldn't have guessed Apple making a keyboard with a physically clickable trackpad in 2020. I, it, it makes total sense why that it is the case in a in a product like this. I'm sh- the engineering to put a haptic touchpad in a device like that. I'm sure would be would be really really hard. But um, again, just I never never would have guessed Apple making a a physically clickable trackpad. One would have said we probably wouldn't have thought they would in, uh, be releasing a keyboard with a trackpad for an iPad at all. Fair point. If Tim Cook were around. Oh, wait. No, shit. Steve Jobs were around. Ah, I thought you were I, making some kind of joke. No. Wait, wait. <laughs> ah, I don't know what the joke would have been, but... Yeah. Have you seen those videos that Tim Cook has put on Twitter whenever he has been talking about the... Um, uh, whenever Apple is doing like an update on the uh, coronavirus thing? I haven't watched them. I've just heard them mentioned on Upgrade. Yeah, Mike, has, his observation is spot on where it's always so weird that it uh, that Tim looks like he's turning off the video, but he does it in a, like, I don't know. It's very interesting, so you should watch one of them. The one he does showing the face mask or the face shield that they made is actually pretty neat. And didn't, doesn't, I don't know if he does this every video, but at least with like maybe the first one or two, didn't he go like, hi, this is Tim Cook. <laughs> well, yeah, he does it every time. <laughs> Nobody knows who Tim is. <laughs> Some dude, Tim uh, Tim Cook, Tim Tebow, who even fucking knows? I actually kind of appreciate that. It's kind of it's kind of endearing. Yeah, like dude, Tom Hanks does it. Probably doesn't walk around acting like you know who he is, even though he does know that you know who he is. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you watched the uh, the Tom Hanks Mister Rogers movie? I have not. Okay, you heard good things about it. I haven't really heard much about it. Any anything that happened before, you know, let's say around what march 11th or whatever the date was it's hard it's hard to remember yeah it's been five weeks yeah uh did find paper towels though nice but yeah but they, but they are the um i had to get desperate and i went to a non-traditional retailer and they are basically you know the kind what, of what, you wait, normally... wait 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 what does that mean 
So is, I went to. Uh, <laughs> not true. Is that code for something? Uh, I don't know. I assume a brand. I, I assume <laughs> let's go uh, send a telegram to Don Draper, and you might know. Um, uh, no, like I went to a Smart and Final that generally is not like it. Also has like you know like let's say you were going to have like a food truck or something. They they're the place you might buy like a hundred styrofoam like containers or something you know what i mean right yep so i and i have a box of three thousand paper napkin slash paper towel thingies and it's like the thing that you'd have in like a restaurant um like if you were going to a chipotle because you wanted your e coli fix and then you would have those little napkin thingies where they're kind of like folded like four times into themselves but like the long way i haven't been able to track down normal paper towels but i have three thousand of those i haven't i didn't even think about are i are napkins hard to find too they are. Yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So these work. Because, like, again, I don't want napkins because just for, like, household stuff and cleaning up things, like, I, that's not necessarily what you'd want. But so I did find some, and I was able to, at 2.30 in the morning, order um, a bunch of Spindrift uh, on the Target drive-up app, and that worked out. Do, what do they, they they restock their Spindrift inventory at, like, 2 a.m. every day or something? No, I just don't sleep anymore. Oh. So 2.30 is when most of my shopping ideas happen. Smart, yeah. Um, and also, I found out that uh, three cases, or three, yeah, three uh, eight-packs of Spindrift is how many comes in a pallet, because they didn't even unwrap it. <laughs> <laughs> so on my floor, I should, I'll take a picture of this before I open it. I have eight uh, eight things of Spindrift, and three of them are half and half, and it's just in the thing like you'd see like sealed up at Costco. It's pretty good. So do they just give you the pallet too or no? No. Oh, that's too Oh, bad. man. If, they, <laughs> if that bubbly pallet had just been half and half spin drift, probably would ask, can I just get it all? Um, oh, all right. What else do we have? Okay. Uh, I've honestly, I haven't been to Disneyland since I was like seven. So I've heard from Disney people because I do know a few of um, the people... Oh my God! I clicked on this eyewitness news article, oh, and uh, and it had oh, an no. autoplay video that oh, says, no. "We know how important your life is in Toyota." <laughs> I did so exactly it is one of those COVID thing. ads. Okay, so I know Disney people and Disneyland park people. I don't. I'm not one of them, and I don't go to Disneyland. But I've heard the churros are quite good, and we they had a thing here where actually there are two. There's two Disney things where one they've released a recipe so you can make their churros at home, which is pretty cool. And then also there's apparently a Mickey Mouse hotline that you can call to have uh, Mickey, Minnie, or um, whatever the dog that stands up is. Um, have him say goodnight to your child. You talking about Goofy? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Daffy's the one with the, uh, the duck with no pants. <laughs> that that checks out. Okay. Um, yeah, I... Um... I mean, I, I put this in the in the notes for a couple of reasons. One is, um, either I mean, I, I can vouch the churros at Disneyland are very, very good. I did not realize that that recipe was evidently some like really closely guarded secret, and so I guess Disney just putting that out into the public was a was a big deal in um in the in the Disney circles. So that was kind of I don't know interesting, I guess. But then the real reason I wanted to bring this up is just to, to get a sense from you or to hear from you if you've, you know, I don't know, had any sort of like fun, like drink or food item or like maybe something you've either, you know, made or bought or something that um, you've had during this whole shelter in place time that either you just discovered or like newly discovered. Kind of not really. Actually, I posted this to my story last night where... um 
you you know uh the the drink uh, Paloma, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what is it? So a Paloma is it's tequila, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh is it grapefruit? Uh Mexican or Italian grapefruit soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then do you add any other sugar to it, or is that it? No extra sugar, but you just do lime juice. Lime juice, okay, yeah. So I have mixed that up, and I have uh, made it a drink that I am uh, actually decided to this name on my run, that I'm going to call it Smokey the Bear at my fake restaurant, because uh, it's the official drink of California now. So do you because, make it, do you make it with I make, mezcal? Exactly. Nice, yeah. So, yeah, so that's going to be my thing. Um, otherwise, no, I've been making kind of the, like, I've... I've alternated between thinking, oh, this is extra time so I can make more things and also like just not having the will to do anything where I've made some really sorry excuses for food. So yes and no. Yeah. What about you? So I've, I've been making a really conscious effort to um, try to support local business where I can. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the ways that I've been doing that is um since i've you know i've been drinking a little bit more i'm just being honest here um you know still responsibly but but more than usual and so one of the ways that um i thought i could support local businesses was just sort of like think about all of the um breweries and distilleries that i like and see if they have any sort of um ship to home option which many of them now have um, even if they didn't before, just because they're, you know, finding new creative ways to sell, you know, their beer or whiskey or whatever that maybe they would have exclusively sold in, in their place of business, which, you know, is now no longer allowed to be open. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess the two that I'll call out here, I'll give you one that's local and that's Moylan's. So they're oh, a little the Nevada. Yeah. So they're a little, little brew pub in Nevada. They've been doing a thing where every Friday and Saturday they've been setting up a little tent out in out in the parking lot and you can, you know, buy bottles or cans of of their of their beer and that's that's been really nice. Um but it's beer, so I know that's not not really your thing. So I'm going to give you another choice that might be a little more in your wheelhouse. This is a place that's based down in LA called Honest Abe and they make uh cider and mead primarily and i've a quick quick point of order what yeah. is mead <laughs> i couldn't really i couldn't really <laughs> tell you exactly um yeah is i actually yeah 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 it's like a it's an alcoholic beverage created by fermenting honey with water sometimes with honey water. that's right what what is it like what can you what is the closest thing to it can you give me an example of that I think like a fortified wine is is similar. If you if you've ever heard of that, know, I don't know what that me that word means in that context. Okay, then yeah, I don't really exactly know how to describe it. Um, what does it taste? Well, I mean, they're honest apes. I don't know if all meads are like this, but they they make a bunch of different like crazy flavors of stuff. So like you know they, I sent you the link there, and their their tap list is always changing. Like right now, they've got a. Um, peanut butter and jam cider which is just like kind of crazy sounding um but i've i've ordered from them a couple of times including once during the the current situation we're in um and they're great fast fast shipping they've got lots of fun flavors of stuff um 
I kind of, I, I really appreciate their online ordering process, which you know, is not their primary way of doing business. Clearly it, it's just a square store and yeah, it checks out. you, I was going to see either that or Shopify probably. <laughs> there's no, they don't have like a, an inventory system or anything. So mm-hmm. they have a three bottle minimum of, of whatever you're buying and the flavors that you want, you just have to type in the notes. <laughs> But both times I've ordered, it's it's been it's been no been no trouble. Um. So yeah, I, that's that's been my that's been my little way of um. You know, now that I'm you know not going out to to dinner or not going out to bars and things, it's it's been a way of um both supporting local businesses and and you know trying some some fun new beers and stuff here at home. Can I uh, piggyback and pivot on this real quick? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is some sadder local news. Um. About a local business, but did you hear about three twins? You know, I did, and um, <laughs> one of the things I noticed at the the little local market that I keep um, keep alluding to here on the show, um, there had there's been a run on the three twins ice cream section, and it it was pretty it was pretty picked over when I did my um, weekly grocery shopping this last weekend. Same. So yeah, on Monday, yeah, I did. I did my like every ten or fourteen day grocery run, and yeah, Whole Foods and the the boutique um, grocery store that we have in town. Yeah, both the entire Three Twins shelf was was gone. Yeah, so Three Twins is I think they're based out of Petaluma, but they are a I don't know, in my household or like I've always cherished it. They had a flavor called mint confetti, which was the absolute best. Uh, they also had a. Um, collaboration they did with um sergio romo which was great um the packaging was also so it was um sergio romo's ice cream uh sergio romo's mexican chocolate it only tastes illegal which i thought was really fun (laughs) um but yeah they were always uh like i don't i don't like a lot of san francisco ice cream i like i don't like humphrey slocomb smitten we've discussed multiple times and, and they're not sold in stores but smitten it's that's more of a flavor availability type thing but yeah three twins ice cream has always been really good and mint confetti is my favorite flavor of any ice cream anywhere and unfortunately due to uh the coronavirus and maybe other business matters but um they are they closed up shop effective last friday and that's a huge bummer too bad. I I guess I wouldn't have been shocked to hear that maybe their physical stores weren't doing all that well, um, and, and hadn't been even before our current situation. But I've always viewed them as being a like a popular brand in grocery stores and things. But I, I guess that wasn't based on any kind of hard data or anything. I just had heard lots of positive things, and although I was not somebody who regularly bought their ice cream, so maybe I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. I took the joke right out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. What do we have in terms of main business or new business? Uh, so I guess the first thing I wanted to get to was I've got some 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 coffee reviews for you. Okay. And I, I, you I, and I don't know about you, but um, I've been I've been hitting the coffee pretty hard in um, in this whole shelter at place situation. Well, a combination of that slash. Um, the new housemate, you know, she, she sometimes doesn't, doesn't sleep through the night, Carlos. I don't know if you don't know if you know that housemate makes it sounds like it's a month to month arrangement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your tenancy here is ad hoc. So, 
Um, what? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. We're, we're gonna talk about Thomas Keller in a minute. Okay. Um, please continue. <laughs> uh, so this this is a a brand that I've never said out loud. I guess so. You'll have to kind of forgive me here. Um, La mm-hmm. Cologne. That not what I was gonna say, but yep. Let's go with how, that. How are you gonna say it? that's the or maybe maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. We're gonna go with. That. <laughs> Well, again, we, we've had this Bule situation, so I don't, I don't, I don't need this on my conscience. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the link to their website will be in the notes, so people will be able to find it, no matter how we pronounce it. So I, this this is a brand that I originally actually discovered um, in Costco. They had a, a variety pack, um, and actually in Costco they had a pack of their. It's called their draft latte. Which so hear me out here. I'm I'm not a I'm not a draft or like a nitro cold brew guy. Like I just the the texture just doesn't do it for me. Like given the choice between a regular cold brew and some kind of like nitro or draft cold brew, I'll always pick just the regular cold brew. Um, but it it was a good deal in Costco, and I kind of I was at the time some couple months ago or something was just kind of in the mood to try something a little bit different. So I, I gave it a shot and it was, it was really good. Um, I think the flavors that came in that pack were, um, yeah, I'll find it here. It's original, uh, triple shot, vanilla and mocha and the vanilla and mocha were, they were just so, so, but the original and the triple shot were both really, really good. And so, um, again, just thinking of like, um, this isn't a, a local business, but just thinking of like various um, businesses that I've that I've liked in the past and have you know wanted to have here at home. I think this actually came up like on an Instagram ad or something, and so I um, went and um, bought bought a couple of other things from them, including just their um, regular cold brew. So this is the, a non draft option. And then I also bought there, and this this one you'll probably snicker at a little bit. I also bought their caramel draft latte, which is one of the flavors that was not included in that variety pack that I had gotten before. Um, and they're they're both really really good. Um, these all come in cans, so they're you know easy just to pop in the fridge and then take out when you when you want one. The the regular cold brew. It's great because, um, and actually this sort of applies to all of them. They're all low in sugar. I think they're all around 10 grams or less, which is, which is pretty good for, um, for a, a nine ounce can. The, the regular cold brew, I think is the equivalent to like, they have kind of a neat graphic on the can where they'll, they tell you the exact milligram content of caffeine and how many cups of coffee that's equivalent to. So I think the the cold brews like two and a half cups of coffee, and then the the caramel draft nitro nitro is just like a cup and a half of coffee. So the you know the cold brew's been kind of like a good like earlier part of the day kind of wake me up drink, and then the the caramel draft latte has been almost like a a little like sweet kind of treat like in the afternoon, almost like how the um like a blue bottle New Orleans um, iced coffee would be. Um. Yeah, these are these are really good. Is what I'm saying. So, a couple of things. One, 
I can never remember how to spell the word caffeine. Um, but also, yeah, I was trying to look this up because yeah, I, so I've had these multiple times. So I'll also give a review that are good to start, but I burned out on them pretty quick where, um, I don't know, the aftertaste after a while of the triple shot draft, which was my preferred one because they sell it at a pretty reasonable price at Trader Joe's. Like it's one of the non house brand items you can buy at Trader Joe's. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty good. It's only two fifty at Trader Joe's, but, um, and I think it has a 175 milligrams of caffeine, which is about three espresso shots worth. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not bad, but, uh, after a while I did burn out on them and maybe that was just me having, um, like a, a couple a week, but yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty good or pretty, pretty all right. It's good to try new things. The aftertaste, I, I'm I'm with you there. It's not it's not the best. It's great when you're drinking it, but yes. after a while, it kind of it's got yeah. I, I don't I don't love it, and it's it, the the colder the better for when you're drinking it. Right. Um. And again, I don't know if this is a product that's uh, like shelf stable or not. But um, like when you bought it at Costco, were these just like at room temperature or they were refrigerated? They, you know, it's actually it's funny funny you ask that because. I had bought them. I'm actually remembering the timing of this now. I had actually bought them kind of right before we did the whole kitchen remodel thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know why I bought them when I did. It was wasn't the smartest purchase decision. Need to line up the wine fridge. <laughs> but then when we moved back into the house and I was ready to start drinking them, I put them in the fridge and they they had not been. They had just been like in our kind of food storage area, so not not refrigerated. And as I was putting them in the fridge, it like dawned on me like, wait, were these refrigerated when they were at costco um but i mean i i I drank them all and it was you're still alive and i'm I'm still alive um and i mean come to think of it the ones that were uh shipped to me uh the week before last or whenever that was they were they weren't in any sort of like dry ice or like yeah yeah yeah, they were just in they were just in packaging so so no i i I don't i don't i think they are uh, shelf stable as you would say yeah, because that's weird. Because remember when I was trying to look to buy more, I was at like a Whole Foods and they were in the non-refrigerated section. I'm like, wait, did they mess up? And this is just like, are these all like just poison now? Of, like spoiled <laughs> milk? Um, or like, because at, uh, because at Trader Joe's, they are refrigerated and at like Safeway or anywhere else you'd get them, they're refrigerated. But um, they're obviously shelf stable. I think they're, I think on the can it says something about them being like lactose free or something. Is that what, oh, well, I guess me a lot. Hmm. Um, well, lactose is only part of milk. I'm not a scientist. I'm well, may, maybe that, Fauci. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, no. I mean, the the very first ingredient is, or at least in the um, this the caramel draft latte thing that reduced I'm looking at milk. is reduced fat milk. So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, no, hmm. anyway, science How does again. It work? I'm I'm still I'm still here. So, uh, but yeah, um, these, these have been good. I I've can I can literally. I've I had three of them today. Let's just let's just leave it at that. Jesus. Well, again, it's so I, I had two of the. So it's actually not just the plain cold brew I bought. It's it's cold brew milk and sugar is what it's called. But it's it's lightly <laughs> lightly sweetened. <laughs> um. So those are each like let's 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 look at let's actually let's do the math here. So these are these are each two cups of coffee and so then is that like the, 120 milligrams something like that and then the caramel draft latte 
is I think that one's that one's only the equivalent to one and a half cups of coffee. So you know, five and a half cups of coffee. That's fine. Man, I, I didn't um, have any espresso today, so. I like how in that first link that you sent me, they have a picture of a Chemex uh, next to their um, all their bags of beans. <laughs> so sending you a link to a specific product page. I'm surprised Loccolum hasn't been uh, acquired by Apple. So look on the right side below one-time purchase. Oh, subscribe, subscribe and never run out? Yeah, yeah. This put, put this product placement in Apple TV, make Apple a coffee subscription service. They'd love this. Tim would love this. This is Tim. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm super caffeinated. All right. Yeah. So some, some real time follow up here. So looking at this triple draft latte. Mm-hmm. So the first ingredient is reduced fat milk, but in the, um, about triple draft latte description towards the bottom, it says lactose free. I don't, I don't really know how that works. Hmm. Fake news. <laughs> All right. So w- with this, I'll, I'll piggyback off this as well. Uh, I, like, so so do you, what do you pick for your because you you have your fancy espresso machine which sounds like it might be in disuse right now or you might you might be oh no it's, in, in harried days are you might maybe opting for this stuff or you're tripling down and doing everything there most days now so today was a three um three cans of cold brew day mm-hmm. but most days now are um espresso in the morning that's like that's with breakfast and then it's a it's a can of the of the regular cold brew sometime like around lunchtime and then it's a can of the 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 sweet stuff the caramel draft latte one kind of in the the late afternoon excuse my uh salty language but basically like are you just like without the coffee like just like dragging ass most of the day like is, <laughs> like is it, it because i i i worry frequently where if coffee has now become a dependency where I've only had one uh, heavily caffeinated beverage today. Like I actually haven't had the will to actually make my pour over coffee. So I just had a, something that had 200 milligrams of coffee in it. Um, but do you find that you do rely on it? I think during, during more normal times, that might be something I'd give a little more thought to and potentially be concerned about. But um, on the list of my worries each day, the, the, You'll tell me when you had enough. The number of milligrams that I, of caffeine that I'm consuming is not real high on the list. Yeah. Uh, so it was a piggybacking off this topic uh, in terms of... Um, so we, oh, that's my original question. So uh, do you have like favorite roasteries or places you get coffee beans for your espresso machine or you're not super picky about it? I, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you asked about that because um, that's actually been something that I, I wanted to talk about too. So another um, another company that I've kind of been trying to support a little bit um, is Blue Bottle. Um, although you you had you had reminded I, I me <laughs> that they had been acquired by Nestle, which kind of <laughs> harshed my mellow. It's the corner store of, of mega corporations. Yeah. Um, so this I'll I'll put this in the notes too. I've um, I've had this. I've had I've had a couple bags of this over the the last couple of months. This is their Hayes Valley um, espresso, and it's it's really really good. And then I've also I've made their um, New Orleans style iced coffee at home a couple of times. They have like a whole like little kit they send you where they send you the beans and they send you the chicory. And that's, that's been fine. It's, it's not quite like the real thing, but, um, (laughs) the the nice thing about it is that you get to control the amount of uh, sugar that you put in it. So that's, you can kind of almost make like your own version 
of um, kind of lightly sweetened iced coffee. Sorry, on on a related suggested uh, product page, apparently they have a collaboration with Tesla and they have a, a beta blend of coffee. Mm. I'm not I'm not I'm not real big into the um the the light um light style bean of coffee. Like the first time that I um bought espresso beans from them, I I bought they have like this all I'll send you a link to this too. They have their, it's like basically like a little sample kit. They have three different, um, three different types of, um, espresso that they do. And this is, this little box comes with like little bags of each of the three. And I think it's, um, I forget if it's Opascope or the 17 foot ceiling, but one of those two is like this really light. What? Hmm. Wait, what? what Opa, what? Opascope. Oh, that's a name of a of a blend, not like a coffee making tool. Okay. No, that's yeah. Um, I forget if it's that one or if it's seventeen foot ceiling. One of those two is is this really light blend, and it was not not my thing. Um, uh, fun fact to know though is that uh, lighter lighter roasts tend to have a stronger conf- uh, concentration of caffeine. Darker roast tends to be less caffeinated. Hmm. Turns out. Turns out. Um, and then I will just give a shout out for a couple of, so like, I don't know, I like Phil's Beans. They're regional-ish. They start, they're, they started as a Bay Area company. And then also if you're trying to keep it local to San Francisco um, or Marin, uh, probably first on the list, Andy Town, Amazing Beans, a uh, great local company. And then Equator, they're a Marin company. They've been around for a while and their coffee is pretty, pretty good. Not not top of the list, but they're they're both two companies. Oh, and also uh, Verve Coffee Roasters out of Santa Rosa, or sorry, Santa Cruz, in case you want to, people listening want to support local Bay Area coffee. Yeah, I was, I saw your Instagram post about Andytown. That's why I was asking about the the short strand espresso. I might, yeah, I might, I might make a purchase from them. <laughs> and then if you're, or if you ever pick it up in person, whenever we can go places again, uh, go around the corner, um, to Devil's Teeth Bacon Company and get yourself a bacon cheddar muffin. Uh, sorry, beer bacon cheddar muffin. Mm. And it's one of the best um, two-block trips you can have in San Francisco. That's that's across from Andytown? Uh, yeah, mm. in the outer sunset nice. or Richmond, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think probably time for one more, one or two more things. Uh, what's uh, How's your work from home setup going? You, you put this in here. This is partially inspired by I, I really want to I want slash need slash have probably seen a targeted ad for standing desks, but also it's probably something we should discuss. I don't think we've talked about it since um, shelter in place started. How's your home office? So the home office that we have here, it, it's nice. I mean, we're, we're very we're lucky to have a, a separate room in the house. That's that's kind of a dedicated. Well, it's it's an office slash guest sleeping area now, but. You know, on account of the fact that we don't have any guests, it, it's exclusively an office. And, you know, the way that we set up the office part of it, the context of the decisions that we made were, you know, working from home a couple of times a week. So that's, you know, where you really don't necessarily need all the fancy things like a standing option. You don't necessarily need like, you know, the fanciest chair or like the best monitor or anything like that. Um, because, you know, before all this started, like for me anyway, who's maybe a little more picky, especially with like the technology angle of all this, 
you know, again, I'm, I'm working from here once or twice a week and then, you know, here doing, doing the show. That's kind of the only times I'm really sitting in here. But now that I'm sitting here, some unknown number <laughs> of hours every day, usually on some zoom video call, I'm finding that this is not, not the ideal permanent, um, office situation. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, I haven't put a lot of thought into it just because, you know, it's, it, the last month has been just kind of about, you know, going day to day and just kind of figuring out, figuring it out as you go. Um, but now that it's becoming very clear that we're going to be in this current situation for some extended period of time, I'm starting to think about like what kind of changes I might want to make to the setup. And I'm, I'm kind of curious if you're sort of thinking the same type of thing. And if so, like, what would be kind of at the top of your wish list? So all of that makes sense <clears throat> because yeah, you are totally right where I think your and probably your lady friend's design aesthetic was it like a lot of it was like you wanted a separate place, but you also kind of wanted to fit with the decor of the home where maybe totally. there, there were some stylistic choices that were not necessarily designed around ergonomics and um, effectiveness. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And, th th and that totally checks out for uh, every once in a while, you just need to take a personal day or you don't want to go into the office or, or just whatever. Like that totally makes sense. Right. For me, I don't know. It's different. One, because I don't have a house. <laughs> so um, I really like, I don't know. I keep, I really like where I live, but I also kind of want, I've been considering maybe splurging and getting a two bedroom somewhere, especially if rent prices ever fall or anything happens. I don't, I don't, I'm not banking on that, but I would like to have a separate office space because I'm, are you uh, subscribed to the idea of having like a work not encroach on living space, like not doing work from the couch or places where you normally would relax? No, no, not? no, no. I'm, I've, I've actually, um, recently on days where the weather is nice, which luckily we've had a few of those days lately and it sounds like we're going to have some more coming up here. I, I'll, I'll like go in the backyard for, you know, an hour or two just as like a little, uh, change of scenery. So no, I, I'm not, I'm not precious to like, you know, this room is the only place where work can happen. Hmm. I kind of like that idea. Like I, I will try to never do work. Um, like on the couch or uh, in bed, like just to try to like not like really mix those. Like I also try not to ever like really like because again I'm and again this is somebody who comes with a really broken sleep schedule that I'm still trying to fix. Which bad time to try to fix it. Um, like trying to not like watch movies or TV or do much in the bedroom other than sleep to try to have that be like a dedicated area. But yeah, like I don't know. I have my little home office corner. And it's kind of fine. And the, the part that kills me is that I, um, I think January of last year, so it's only about a year old, I bought myself a new nice like marble desk, which I, which I like. And it's, it's, very, it's, it's very pretty and it's cool, but it's maybe more of a, an aesthetic choice than an effective choice. And now that I am one doing a whole, like, I mean, like I do like photo work and podcasting and a whole bunch of like, and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I prefer using a desktop computer. I'm on it a lot. And then I'm also now working 40 to 50 hours a week from home on it. So I kind of really want a standing desk, but I, I feel like that's kind of a temporary need. And I would have to sacrifice this thousand dollar desk I bought a year ago. 
because this was already kind of a, you know what? I've like, I've lived in a new place on my own and I just kind of want to have like one new thing. Cause I'm excising all the Ikea furniture from my life and it'd be a bummer to have to give it up. And also has a really um, nice, sturdy built-in file cabinet that I like, but I don't know. I like, I, I want to stand a lot of the day and that's not really an option. Yeah. I mean that, that's, that's number one on my list too, because in my office, I have a, you know, a, a standing desk that can, you know, adjust between like a sitting and standing position. And, you know, I end up spending 75% plus of the day standing. Um, I just, I really, I really prefer it. And so not, not having that option and sitting all day, like I, I've really started to kind of notice like physically, I just, I feel different on days where I sit a lot more, but you know, I mean, you know, the setup that I have here, like replacing our current desk with a standing desk is, I mean, A, just not really something I would, I would want to do, but B, it's, it's just not, it's not realistic to do given the setup that we have. I mean, we have a desk that basically stretches the whole width of the room. Um, and, you know, we, we really like that. And, you know, there's, there's not going to be a way to like retrofit this into a standing desk or anything. So that kind of leaves me with the option of getting like some type of, you know, standing desk kind of little converter thing that you basically like put on top of your desk which wait what what, what is this i i just actually as we as we were talking i just um i i just was i was searching target uh because i mean of <laughs> course like so the wire cutter you know they they actually have an, a whole article on these things um but of course they all link to Amazon products that are, you know, not shipping for 60 days or something or are sold out. This does not meet my aesthetic standards. So that that's that's the problem this is, is this that super ugly. These things are they like, across the board they seem like they're just not very yeah, nice looking. Um I would have a lot of questions around sort of like the build quality of these things. Um You you don't expect a lot from Roselco? <laughs> Um, and then like the ones that the wire cutter recommends, which I assume are a little more nicely built, like they start to get into the like four or $500 range, which that, that kind of seems like a lot of money that for something that like, I don't really want on my desk to begin with. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck with that. And then my solution so far has just been making an effort to, you know, stand up and walk around more during the day. but. Um, yeah, um, that and, and, and having a, having a, a nicer, bigger monitor, I guess is kind of my, my second wish list item, which obviously for mm. you with your hey. fancy pants, hey. 27 hey, let's, inch. Let's talk. Let's talk. I want an iMac Pro. <laughs> if they would ever update it. If it, mm. if it had target display mode, man, that would, that would, that'd be good. Just use screen sharing to remote into your laptop. So it could be super inefficient, but you can still buy my computer. <laughs> Uh, I I just have a a 24 inch like really basic Dell monitor Um, and it's again like for something that I was previously using a couple of times a week for you know one day of work and doing this like it was more than serviceable but as something that I stare at for again some unspecified number of hours each day and week now it would be nice if this thing was a bit bigger and a higher resolution. Like having a 4K monitor right now sounds really nice. 
You can buy that LG Ultrafine whatever whatever thing that everybody hates. Yeah, that seems like that seems like the worst choice. It seems like there's a million better monitors that are, you know, two thirds the price. But again, like it they're just they're all this stuff is sort of like you know, it, it's like I, I think a monitor, like an IPS 4K monitor in the 27 inch plus range is, you know, it's going to be 500 bucks plus, which is just like, uh, I just uh, don't, I don't, it, it's just not, not something that I like under normal circumstances would really have a burning desire to get. Um, but, you know, what's, what's your chair set up right now? Uh, we, we have a, I don't know where this thing is from, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a leather chair that, you know, I, I definitely, I mean, it's, I get, I relatively comfortable, but it's, you know, it, it was picked more so for aesthetic purposes, which, which, you know, again, I'm not putting it down. Just that was, you know, that, that decision made sense when, you know, I wasn't spending 10 hours a day in here. <laughs> I was going to give a shout out to my current chair and I was going to call it the COVID chair, but I was like, that's not right. <laughs> it is. Um, I, I use it and I like it and I think it's aesthetically fairly pleasing. It is called the Herman Miller Cosm chair, not COVID chair, Cosm chair. Is this, is this the one that you got like yelled at for or something in a store? Yes. Good memory. <laughs> I didn't get yelled at for sitting in it. I got yelled, in, uh, yelled at because somebody was profiling me saying I was going to, I was showrooming it and I was not. Because I like I I'd like again not supporting local businesses, but like as somebody who works in sales a lot of the time and kind of identifies that, like I was not. But then some some prick at a design within reach store in Berkeley uh, told, yeah, not oh, bad memories. These are um yeah these are these are pricey. Not you know they, they good nice chairs are pricey, so I'm not judging necessarily. But yeah, I got the mid back one. It's nice. It's comfy. Jesus, wait, no what? Do they go up in price? There's no way. Oh, I bought it when... So a uh, pro tip, and apparently, so don't buy it right now. Um, Herman Miller has a twice a year uh, 25% off sale. Because I'm like, there's no way I paid $1,300 for this chair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 white and pretty, and it's uh, fairly ergonomic and comfortable. But I just wish I could stand up. Yeah, the, the, chair, the chair situation is something that I have also sort of thought about. But that's a, another one of those things where like... Under normal circumstances, I actually really like the chair that we have. Um, and if it wasn't a forty-hour-a-week chair; it would be entirely passable. Totally. Um, and then the other thing is that the space where the chair is in is is pretty limited. So, like a chair like this would come nowhere close to fitting. So, um, I guess all all of this has been a way of saying that there's 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 a handful <laughs> of things I'd love to change about my home office setup, but. It, I just don't think any of them are, are going to happen. Well, again, when's Easter economy back up and running. <laughs> um, yeah, I finally did have a chance to listen to that, um, episode of the daily and yeah, story checks out. Mm-hmm. Brian Krebs had a good story about, um, where there were a bunch of ties of all these reopen America websites were tied to, uh, gun rights advocacy groups. So, uh, let's do let's do two super fast quickies. Uh, you had a thing in here about your favorite dude. Uh, apparently, guy uh, guy quarantine, not quite guy quarantine. Guy Fieri is doing a quarantine special where he's making 
So when you sent this to me, I was try. I really wanted to be positive because again, last week we had, we we read that tweet where again we actually realized that Guy Fieri is great, not the worst. Uh, but then there was a, a quote coming strictly from Guy Fieri or his production company that called Diner. What is it? Drive it. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Oh, you mean you mean triple D? Yeah, that's when I like. Uh, I think young people use this term "noped the fuck out." Yeah, I um, triple D is where I was like wanted to be nice. I'm no, I do not in, have any interest in watching triple D quarantine <laughs> edition. Jeez, but so I, you know. Ugh. Bad marketing aside, I, I really love this idea. I'm, I'm totally going to watch this. He's so, you know, guy is at home and he's basically going to be doing these like video chats with uh, restaurant owners who have arranged sending him the ingredients to, um, you know, make what what he's what they're going to Normally, the whole thing wait, with wait, diners wait. driving. So is, is Fieri going to cook it? Or somebody to cook it for him. Uh, no, my understanding is he'll, he'll be he'll be cooking it. If he's cooking it, actually, hmm. yeah. Okay, this is this is vaguely interesting now. Um, yeah. So I guess the the I, I just should read directly from the Sesame article that'll be in the notes. Diners, drive-ins, and dives alum will teach Fieri how to cook dishes from a variety of cuisines, including chicken tamales, paella fritters, and European style dumplings. What's a fritter? Does that look kind of like a donut? Like a like a. Sounds like a latka, sa- sa- sort of. savory donut. Hmm. Okay, or it can, can be savory, I guess. Yeah, I mean, good, good way, good way of supporting um, local restaurants. I like that. Wait, did they mention? So this is on the uh, a, a repost of a, of a Chronicle article. Is this going to feature uh, any Bay Area restaurants, or is it just not? Is there no Bay Area tie-in in this? It's 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 not clear. Okay um okay the, the the picture of fieri literally takes up like the entire page of my imac <laughs> so close this tab. the frosted tips are like i do not need to see this in retina uh, um jesus okay um actually we'll we'll round up on this where did you see that really dumb um Actually, I don't know if this Wall Street Journal article that's linked here, which, or sorry, no, it's a New York Times article. That's why it's not paywalled. Um, there's what this this viral research study that went uh, that that got that went viral that uh, got a lot of play on social media, where there was like this computer animation of runners like ex, uh, expelling this like disease cloud around them. Did you see any of this? I did. Yeah. So this is something where I like I've been anxious about this, and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to rehash all that because I've 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 made peace with it. Where I basically like this morning or this this evening, which is why I was ten minutes late to recording because I was heating up a Trader Joe's personal pizza. Um, like I will basically run like right as the sun is setting to avoid having to deal with anybody else because I don't want to be the person that wants that thinks he's too important to wear a mask outside, even though I will do other things to try to ensure safety but whatever but yeah there was that that it kind of irresponsible not peer-reviewed weird article that um just basically said that oh yeah everybody who exercises outside or runs is like super selfish because they're just basically this like walking disease cloud so that was that was problematic but the new york the new york times uh, had a thing about kind of 
debunking that sort of or kind of considering what the six feet social distancing guidelines of kind of how that translates towards outdoor exercise and kind of whether or not that actually is a is a thing so yeah so this article is pretty good but mostly this is um yeah i i really 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 dislike that study which was not peer-reviewed and not um vetted at all and people basically just wanted to reshare it because it had that weird gif of just like somebody running by you and just having these this like cgi straight out of like autocad um disease cloud coming out of them well the, the thing that i've sort of been been hearing in a couple different places that i found helpful with with all you know, with social distancing and with like hand washing and just you know everything sort of virus related is like none of this stuff is binary right like it's not as if if you run 10 feet away from someone you're all of a sudden like completely safe compared to if you were running nine feet away from someone um or even you know six feet's been kind of the the metric everybody's been using for keeping normal social distance but there's some cases where actually like maybe seven or eight feet would be better like all this stuff has kind of ranges and same thing with washing your hands like 20 seconds 30 seconds like it's it's not as if like at the 31st second you've eliminated all you know germs from your hands like it's it's all just sort of reducing reducing risk basically so you know with something like running like common sense would probably dictate to keep a little more distance than normal whether that's 10 feet 10 and a half feet 12 feet there isn't like a prescriptive answer for all situations. So mm -hmm. if you're, if you're being, you know, just a reasonable person and, and keeping a little more distance, I think you're, you're doing your part. Yeah. Again, off peak times and like, literally like I, I will try to cross to the other side of the street. I will literally, because luckily there's a few less traffic. I will run in the street if kind of the cross or like the sidewalk is totally occupied. Right. But I don't know. The one other, the last thing I will, I will throw in here is that there was a story I was reading that uh, was uh, took place in Australia about runners at some like um, beach path, and they had um, this threw me for a loop, but I kind of forgot like oh yeah the metric system, uh, they had some like sign saying one point five to stay alive, and apparently one point five meters is the social distancing guideline in um, metric countries, and I thought that was fun. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, Chef Specials, or you got anything else? So you do you want to you want to save the the Better Call Saul stuff? Oh shit! If you know, if you have time, let's do it. Let's yeah, maybe we'll we can we can maybe do kind of an unprecedented thing here and and table Chef Specials for the week. <gasps> yeah, that's fine. And instead, do a do a Better Call Saul because if we if we, if we normally I would say let's wait a week, but if we wait a week, neither of us is going to remember anything about it. So mm -hmm. um, we should probably just talk about it now. Um. So I, I think here here's like my my biggest takeaway. Oh, also um, spoiler horn. Spoiler, spoiler horn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first, you know, the last time we sort of did a check-in was more like around the mid-season mark. And, you know, we were both enjoying it, but we're maybe a little lukewarm. The mm -hmm. second half of the season was fantastic. The last two episodes in particular um, were, I think, some of the best so far in the series. And I actually think that the... The final scene in the um, penultimate episode, they call it, that second to last episode, where Salamaka is in um, Jimmy and Kim's apartment, that 
what, 10 minute scene or however long it was, was probably one of the most tense TV moments. I mean, actually, probably since um, what's his Hank died in Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. Um, so, like, just quick shout out here. Like, I, I didn't. I, I looked him up, and I haven't really recognized him before. But, and again, early in the season, I didn't like the character. But Lalo Salamanca, the the guy that plays him, is is fucking perfect for he the role. Is, he is incredible. He is so good. I didn't like him just because he was like messing up things for Mike, and just kind of like you're like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't like this guy. But no, he's he's amazing. Um, and that scene of uh, I forget what the exact line was. Like, I paid a lot for the story. Or like tell it again, which is so fucking that good. that scene was uh, again like one one of my favorite scenes on TV in a in a really really long time. It was so good, but it, then it gets it gets to kind of just like the one I guess main thing I wanted to shout out about this season um, is that it totally went against your expectations, right? Like it, they think about like Kim. I mean, my my first thought what like when um mike and and saul are in are in the desert and um saul lets slip that you know kim kind of knows where he is and what's going on like my first thought was like oh okay this is this is how kim's gonna get get killed off which which we're all kind of presuming is is the way this is going to end given that she's not in breaking bad and is really never referenced in breaking bad um, and so then when Salamaka shows up at the apartment, you go, you go like, oh, oh my God, like this is, this is the moment. Um, and then you can actually even trace it back further than that when, you know, the whole thing with, um, what's the bank's name that they end up kind of messing with Mesa Verde, uh, Mesa Verde, mm-hmm. you know, for a minute there, it kind of looks like maybe that's what's going to split, um, Saul and, and Kim apart. But instead, they get married, which is like totally not what not what you not the direction you were expecting that to go. Um, and then when you know when when Kim not only doesn't get killed by Salamaka in the apartment, but like she actually ends up being the one to save them, it's it's completely counter to what you're expecting going into that scene. And that's like what's incredible is that Better Call Saul is a prequel where we we know how it has to end. But we have well, uh, we have there, like, there could be any number of reasons why Kim exits his life, but you kind of think of what the obvious one's going to be, and you kind of approach every scene with that in mind. Exactly, but then they they totally subvert your expectations, and then same like with um, Salamanca too. Like it, it, any other TV show would have basically just kind of done the obvious thing and had the assassinate assassination work in the season finale this season, but no, it doesn't. So it's like you know he's a character that's not around in Breaking Bad, so you're just you're assuming that he's going to get killed off, and this is kind of the logical way to do it. But no, he's he's still around. Um, so it's it's just it's it's amazing how they've kept us guessing in a show where we know how it ends, or we have an we have an idea of how it ends. Yeah, or or at the very least, you you don't ever fear for Jimmy's life because you you just know like that he does somehow make it out. So that part, like where that is one thing where the desert scene in the um in like episode eight or whatever it was was you kind of you're you're it's super tense and you're super nervous about it, but you you know that somehow he makes it out alive. So that 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 part is not up in the air for debate. 
but yeah, like it's, it's, it's really good. The one thing that I will say, not that it's bad, but the part that's made me, that made me anxious or that I didn't really understand is one, when, um, Kim suggested that they get married, I, I didn't necessarily understand what it was. Like, I feel like Kim as a character has been super erratic the last, um, the second half of the season. And I didn't necessarily understand the whole, the reason for the marriage, which they did spell out in the next episode in case you didn't pick up it on, on your own of uh husband, wife, confident. What, what, what is the legal precedent or whatever? I don't know what the name for it is, but yeah, basically, you know, when you're, when you're married, you've, you have. Can't, can't certain, snitch on your wife. Yeah. 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 Um, so that part kind of made sense and I'm, and I'm, I'm happy they, they spelled it out, but I kind of was kind of, uh, not really, I was like, I'm like, you can do better, Kim. Cause like, I just didn't understand where, like, I understood she found that the, um, the, uh, tedious and unfulfilling, uh, banking work she was doing for Mesa Verde, like that, that was something that was kind of wearing on her, but I didn't really necessarily buy the whole, well, she's now, aligning with the kind of like baser instincts kind of shadiness of um jimmy mcgill saul goodman but it kind of i don't know I, i'm still not sure i necessarily buy it but it's becoming more believable what they they had the one brief flashback a few episodes ago that that indicated that she kind of came from like a broken home essentially mm-hmm. and i, I mean i guess the purpose of that was to to give some context as to maybe why she's she's predisposed to the grifting life sort it's like sort of or like where she might be more less by the book than we were initially to have believed or something right but but i agree that's maybe the one aspect of her character that they haven't um quite gotten enough into but but maybe you know maybe in the in the final season they will um but she i mean what what an awesome character um in a show full of great characters um it's so good yeah so it's in and, and i also appreciate how they've been playing with the um and they've i think they've maybe done this for mad men and breaking bad before but they're playing with it's no it's not strictly a 43 minute ad supported half hour ad supported hour drama where pretty much every episode this season especially the ones towards the um the back nine i think is the um business term for this uh the second half of the season are like a whole like 90 minutes basically well and 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 i mean 90 minutes of a really really highly produced show mm-hmm. like very very much in the the breaking bad style just every scene like i i know you're not a um you're not a tarantino guy but it's it's it, it the episodes and and really particular scenes especially the the salamaca in jimmy's and kim's apartment like that scenes of it's a very like tarantino type scene where i like the standoff it, dynamic kind of just one well, and just every line of dialogue every camera angle everything is just meticulously thought through like the way that even before we see salamaca jimmy gets the call from mike and says you know hey leave the phone open but lay it down somewhere like just just all those little touches um and like how he, with mike we don't really like see him get set up or anything but all of a sudden you know we cut to him um having a, a sniper pointed at salamanca just every everything about that scene was so carefully thought through mm-hmm. um and then you know 
the episode prior to that with the whole the desert sequence like that that was tremendous um it's just yeah just a really really highly produced show so i mean yeah credit i guess credit to amc for letting them have i guess a little bit more uh creative freedom yeah like i haven't looked at the ratings but i like i think i think it's probably one of those shows that does okay but not amazing but that they are banking on the fact that once they sell the streaming rights it just like it'll it'll print money later yeah i um i i did a little bit of just kind of google searching after watching the finale this morning just to kind of see what the sentiment of the of the show is and i guess it's considered to be like one of the highest um rated shows on tv like critically rated mm-hmm. um but ratings wise i mean i i think even like breaking bad actually you know i mean it had a very passionate it, following season, but it, 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 it hiked up but the for, for the first few it definitely was not a like a game of thrones where it was appointment tv for a lot of people right right yeah it's 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 pretty fucking good, man. It's and and you know, I, I actually the other thing I really liked about looking back on this season, and I don't I don't know how much of this was intentional or if it's just me kind of reading into something, but you know, we get the whole like Saul Goodman reveal at the end of the previous season. And like remember like when the show was first announced, it was just like we kind of made the bad assumption of like, oh, here's the goofy adventures of Saul Goodman before he meets Walter White. Oh, I totally thought it was going to be like a hour long, like episodic thing. I was not going to think it was actually going to be good. Exactly. And like the first episode of, of this last season, or maybe it was the second episode, one of the first couple where it, we almost do get a little bit of that. It, like when, when Saul starts wearing like the funky suits for the first time and he's, you know, he's got the, it was like basically buy one hour, get one hour free or like the half off thing. Like when, whenever know. they have the, like the, like the college kid film crew on, I always get really nervous that the episode's going to suck or that it's going to be like a, a weird, like, um, like it's not going to advance the story, but usually it actually ends up paying off. Right. But it like that, that whole, that whole thing was like, almost like, you know, that's like what the show could have been and it wouldn't have been all that interesting. Um, but then they, they got away from it and it, it, you know, it ended up being another great example of another one of the show's strong suits, which is the way that Jimmy becomes Saul is not, it's not something that like happens overnight or in a straight line. Like it, it, he kind of comes and and goes from it and kind of struggles with it. And even now going into the final season, like, he's nowhere near the person that he is in Breaking Bad yet. And, you know, he had the whole Saul Goodman personality for an entire season now, and he's still, yeah, he's still not the Saul Goodman that we knew from Breaking Bad, which I just think is really, really interesting and and super well done. Not necessarily completely related to the specific topic, but do you, what are your thoughts on Howard as a character? Do you think his whole, like, um, interplay with uh with jimmy makes sense i thought that when chuck passed away that we wouldn't really see any more of of him i thought that was that his role was that part of the story so i was a little it was a little surprised he came back again this season i'm not really sure what the purpose of him now is I like. I feel like most of his purpose is that to kind of show what the path Kim could be taking is. And also to show that there is maybe a slight opportunity for Jimmy not to be going down the road that he is. But eventually, which is how deep 
Jimmy and Kim now are, I feel like there's probably not much use for him in the next season. So, yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of the stuff where like that he's been involved in this season, it felt it it's felt like it's just been mostly showing that oh yeah, uh, Jimmy's not a very good person and that's basically the the gist of it. So it's been basically he's been a catalyst to identify Jimmy's sleaziness and I'm not sure that's that productive, but yeah, eh, still good. Yeah, Nacho continues to be one of the best characters on the show. Mike's always great. Yeah, Gus has been hard to like recently because I really want him to let Nacho go, but I understand why not. Yeah. Uh, poor Nacho. Yeah. Poor Nacho's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't seem like that's going to go very well for them next season. Yeah, but Tony Dalton is the character that plays, or is, is the actor that plays uh, Lalo Salamanca. And yeah, he hasn't really been in much when so when um you know the people the the, the Todd Vaziri the guy that they always talk about on upgrade and like the relay shows mm-hmm. yeah, he really likes the show and he's in the in the industry and he posted a thing about him and yeah he hasn't really been on um much English language TV but yeah again he's amazing yeah he's so he's so good but now now it's, eighteen months how long is it gonna be well I mean that the I mean the the big question is that even before the season came out they were saying you know twenty twenty one is when we'd get the the last season but. Yeah, obviously that was that was before <laughs> in the before times so it, it's hard to it's hard to say hard to say what production on that show is gonna gonna look like and whether you know that can maybe get pushed into 2022 or something so yeah it's gonna be gonna probably be a little while before um we get that final season i like that wikipedia classifies better call Saul as a legal drama 